When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him. And he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he had said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. The story of the so-called Gerasene demoniac, told in the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Mark, raises all kinds of questions for modern Western readers. We feel particularly uncomfortable with the theme of demon possession. Ancient readers would have had no qualms with the story. For them, demon possession was not really an unusual thing. They regularly blamed many things on the actions of demons, including conditions that we today would recognize as medical or mental illnesses. We rightly see such ancient diagnoses as problematic, to say the least. But demonic activity in their eyes was not limited to causing conditions like epilepsy or bipolar disorder. Demons were also routinely blamed for all kinds of unusual behavior. A chronically misbehaving child, a woman who refused to marry someone, or a man who rebelled against the social limits placed on him might all be easily described as demon-possessed. All of which makes me wonder where exactly the so-called Gerasene demoniac might have gotten his demons from, and what their true nature might have been. This is Retelling the Bible. Episode 2.4 A Suicidal Herd of Pigs Like most people in the country of the Gerasenes, Shimeon's family had lived there for longer than anyone could remember. They were farmers with a small plot of land on which they grew the grain, olives, grapes, and figs that fed them and kept them alive. It was honestly not a lot, and some years it did not really produce enough, and everyone went hungry. But it was theirs and the family had carefully handed that piece of land down from generation to generation as a sacred trust. Shimeon would never outlive the shame that he took from knowing that his would be the last generation that would ever receive that trust. The story of how he had lost the land was nothing very extraordinary or unusual. Many of his neighbors had suffered the same loss, and Shimeon knew exactly who to blame for all of the misery that had befallen his community. It was the Romans. 
when they had arrived and taken over, everything had changed. Many different people had ruled over these disputed lands of the Gerasenes over the years. Egyptians, Persians, Greeks, and even Jewish kings. But none had been quite like the Romans in their determination to extract as much money and resources as they could from the people and the land. As they moved in and took control through their client kings, like Herod the Great and his sons, Herod Antipas and Philip, they pushed up the taxes and tributes and appropriated ever more in crops and services from the people. But worse than the taxmen were the Greek and Italian moneylenders, who came in and offered their loans to desperate people at exorbitant rates. Such a thing, lending money at interest, had once been forbidden throughout these lands, but clearly the Romans did not care about such ancient laws. The worst came when debts were called in and people were unable to pay. Foreclosures upon properties that had been passed down in their families for generations became commonplace, as did the selling of men, women, and children into slavery. When you owed money to a powerful creditor, you could lose absolutely everything so quickly. And that was what happened to Shimeon. His family farm, his wife and his two children had all been taken from him one after the other. That he himself was spared from slavery was no kindness. He was left his freedom so that he might work night and day in a vain hope that he could just raise enough money to buy the freedom of his children. He worked as a day laborer on the very piece of land that had belonged to his family. Wealthy investors had taken his land, along with a few other neighboring plots, and turned it into a large pig farm, where a gang of slaves and some day laborers, like himself, raised hogs for the slaughter so that they could be sold to the Roman legions that had been stationed in the area, as well as to the tables of the local governor and officials. This was truly the worst indignity of all, for Shimeon was a Jew. He wasn't a good Jew, or a particularly observant one, but it was a key part of his identity. The country of the Gerasenes was very much a mixed bag, filled with people from different tribes and nations. So you kind of had to go out of your way to hold on to your identity here. The fact that he, as a Jew, was put in a position where he was constantly tending to these filthy, unclean animals who often ate better than he did, was a shame that burned within him every moment of every day. He hated the pigs, hated to see their muddy hooves trample the land that had belonged to his father. He despised the way that they smelled and the crude sounds that they made. There was a cliff near the farm, over by the place where the local people buried their dead, and he used to dream of making the pigs charge and run off of the cliffs so that they would all die in the water below, them and their terrible squeals with them. 
He hated every moment of every day of his miserable existence. But he still couldn't give up. He kept his head down. He kept working in an almost completely empty hope that someday he would be able to buy the freedom of his family. He actually didn't even know where his son had ended up. But he eventually received word that his wife and his daughter were enslaved as field workers on a nearby estate. The thought that they were so near made him redouble all of his efforts. The report made its way to the pig farm late one Friday afternoon. His taskmaster, a cruel man, who took a perverse pleasure in the misery of his workers, actually sought Shimeon out to tell him the news with a smirk on his face. There was a legionary camp staying in the area, while the men were in between campaigns, and there had been some unrest. The men had not been paid. They were in a foul mood, and some of them had gone on a rampage through the local farms stealing whatever they could, pilfering people's stores of wines and killing their animals. One group of them, particularly drunk, had broken into the slave quarters in the nearby estate and had started raping with great effectiveness. The taskmaster had come to tell Shimeon that over a period of several hours, both his wife and his young daughter had been raped repeatedly. His wife had found his daughter bruised and bleeding from places that she didn't even want to think about the next morning. Despite her own injuries, she did her best to nurse the girl back to health. But the child was too weak, and her spirit was too broken. When her daughter died, Shimeon's wife, filled with too much grief and shame, had found a a bit of old rope and hanged herself. Shimeon was running like he had never run before the laughter of his taskmaster ringing in his ears as it would continue to ring forever. He was running away, away from the stench of the pigs, running towards the estate that had purchased his wife and daughter. How he actually found it through the veil of tears that covered his eyes, he would never know. But find it he did. Of course, The servants and the manager at the estate should have turned him away. He had no right to be there. But they took one look at him and recoiled. He looked like a man possessed by a demon. Perhaps he was. They made signs to protect themselves from evil spirits. And they fled. He finally found them they had been thrown into a shallow ditch and for whatever reason had not been buried yet. Perhaps the people were afraid of them, afraid of the power of the tragedy that they had suffered. 
Shimeon was afraid too. But he knelt down and dissolved into tears at the thought that he had failed to protect them, that he had not been able to save them from the legion. There was only one thing he could do for them, and it was not easy at all. He managed to carry them both all the way to the local graveyard and to his own family tomb. The place was right by his old family property, which was now a pig farm, of course. It was the one thing that no one could take away from him. Once he had placed them in the tomb, he ripped his clothes, put ashes on his head, and bowed that he would never leave that place until God's kingdom might come. Living, if you want to call it living, among the tombs was actually not that difficult on a practical level. The local people feared the place and generally stayed away, so nobody gave him that much trouble. When people did come to the graves, it was to visit the places of their own ancestors. They would never stay long, but they usually left offerings for the dead. Bread, wine, olive oil, and other simple foods. Once they had left, Shimeon felt no guilt eating the food himself. They were gifts for the dead, and he counted himself among the dead. If the other dead ones wanted their share... Let them show up and claim it. He spent his days naked, and his skin was soon baked a dark brown. His nights were filled with the darkest nightmares. He watched the legionaries rape his daughter and his wife over and over again. He could hear their drunken laughter and smell their foul breaths. He cried out against the king, against God or the gods. He really didn't care that much if there were many or just one. His curses of the Roman soldiers and all who served them and fed them were always the loudest. His agonized cries, especially in the night, flew far through the country of the Gerasenes, and the people cowered in their beds, terrified of the man who, it was said, was possessed by many demons. There were a few attempts to restrain him, but they were never successful for very long. Most of all, the local people stayed as far away as they could. There were times when he just got so tired of the anger and the raging, of throwing himself against the ground and tearing out his hair, that he just had to stop. He would sit on the cliffs for hours and stare out westward across the Sea of Galilee. It calmed him for a while but he always knew that the rage was still there somewhere underneath the quiet. He was sitting on that cliff one day when he saw the fishing boat approaching from the west. It was just a single boat, and it had too many men in it to be part of a regular fishing crew. They were obviously using the boat for simple transport, not for work. Even he, isolated as he was, 
had overheard the stories that had been spreading everywhere over the last few months of the prophet and healer from Nazareth, who had been traveling all over the region in such a manner. He immediately knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was that man that everyone had been talking about. He ran for the shoreline. He had to be the first to meet him. Leave me alone, he called out to the men as they pulled their boat onto the beach. There is nothing you can do for me. As he fell to his knees, one man stepped forward from the group. There was nothing special about the way that the man looked, but he did have a certain air of authority about him. I know you, Shimeon shouted. They say that you have come to us by God. Well, by God, I implore you, leave me alone. The most disturbing thing for Shimeon was the fact that the man from the boat wasn't afraid of him. That didn't make any sense. Everyone was afraid of him. He had become so used to the look of terror in people's eyes but somehow there was none of it in this man. Instead, he saw anger, not anger at Shimeon, that he could have handled. No, what this man was angry at was the people and the circumstances that had made Shimeon the demon-possessed wreck that he was today. Even more disturbing, Shimeon saw compassion and sympathy in the man's eyes as if he truly understood everything that Shimeon had gone through. Who are you? the preacher wanted to know. Who has done this to you and made you who you are today? Who am I? Shimeon asked. He was surprised to feel tears unbidden forming in his eyes. He hadn't thought that possible thought that he had already cried all of his tears. He didn't want to go back to that place of sorrow that had threatened to consume him at first. He felt so much more comfortable in his anger and his rage. Who am I? He said again, though his voice was more of a croak now. I am Legion. For the Legion has taken away everything that I was. They possess me even as they in their great numbers possess our land. I am legion. And what are you going to do about that? Because as great as everyone says that you are, even you are not going to stand up against the legion. You're not going to get them out of the country, and you're not going to get them out of me. The preacher had an odd kind of smile on his face as he said, Oh, really? You'd be surprised at who I am willing to stand up for. There was a herd of pigs on the nearby hill. The farm workers often drove them there to graze and exercise. The demon-possessed man pointed at the unclean animals and shouted, Oh, really? You? You're going to stand up to the legion, are you? You're going to throw them out of the land? You couldn't even make those filthy beasts go away. It all happened at once then. The possessed man jumped up and started screaming and flailing about. 
The farm workers saw it, saw him shouting and gesturing in their direction, and they dropped everything and fled in terror of demons. The pigs also flew into a sudden panic. Not an uncommon sight for those who work with such animals. But this panic seemed to be different. Their squeals and grunts went up in a great cacophony that rivaled even the shouts of the tormented man. And then they fled. Not away from the disturbance, as you might expect, but directly towards the sea until a number of them pressed by those fleeing in terror behind them, fell off of the cliff and into the sea. When the people from the pig farm, chastised by their overseers, finally worked up enough courage to return to the place, they could scarcely comprehend what they saw. They took in the sight of the dead pig carcasses floating in the sea with surprise. But the stranger sight by far was undoubtedly the sight of Shimeon, sitting at the feet of the teacher from Nazareth. He was wearing clothes that had been given him by the man's disciples, and he was alternately quietly listening and earnestly speaking with the teacher. I'm not saying that everything changed for Shimeon immediately. I'm not saying that he suddenly stopped being sad or angry or enraged. In fact, for the next little while, he probably felt many of those things more intently and more acutely than ever before. As he told the man from Nazareth what had happened, his tears flowed freely. When he recounted the rapes and the feelings of helplessness that had consumed him, it was as if his blood was literally boiling within him. What was different now was that these reactions, as painful as they were, came from himself, and not from some sort of alien force within him. It seemed that he had found himself somewhere deep down underneath the demons, or at least he had started to. What changed for him that day was simply this. He had hope, and somehow the man from Nazareth had been able to help him find it. It wasn't just what the man had done to the pigs, though, frankly, that had been awesome. That had just been a dramatic demonstration of what he really stood for. Shimeon had vowed that he would remain here in this graveyard, in this place of demons and death, until God's kingdom would come. Well, today, for the first time, he felt as if leaving this dismal place might just be possible. Stories about demon possession in the Bible have always felt rather uncomfortable to me for some very good reasons. Knowing that historically, and to a certain extent to this very day, many people who suffer from various mental, physical, and psychological disorders have had their lives and their self-images devastated by the mere idea that they were in some way, anyway, 
associated with evil spirits is very troubling. I would not want in any way to perpetuate such a destructive way of looking at such matters. But I also feel that we need to understand, to a certain extent, the ancient point of view that led them to speak in such terms. They tended to see most everything in spiritual terms, including most any kind of illness. Well, we today would see most illnesses as medical matters, and of course have seen enormous success in treating many ailments through medicine, surgery, and therapy, that does not necessarily mean that they were entirely wrong. There is a spiritual dimension to many of the things that people struggle with, something that we recognize even today through various forms of pastoral care and behavioral therapy, which do address the spiritual lives of people. I do not know, of course, what all of the various people who are identified in the Bible as demon-possessed were struggling with. I suspect that their struggles included physical, mental, political, social, and spiritual dimensions. If Jesus helped them and healed them, and I do believe that he did, it was because he met them in whatever it was they were struggling with. Am I troubled for the pigs in this particular story? You bet I am. I also love to speculate about what could have made them stampede over a cliff. Whatever it was, I suspect that the pigs and the sudden demise of the pigs had meaning to the so-called Gerasene demoniac. Deep meaning. If you enjoyed this story, please come back next week for another take on an ancient biblical story. Tell other people and rate and review this episode on iTunes or some other platform to help other people find it. The theme music for Retelling the Bible is Ah Da, and the mood music for this episode is Curse of the Scarab. Music is by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under the Creative Commons, and can be found at incompetech.com. Send your requests, comments, and questions to at Retelling Bible on Twitter or to our Facebook page, Retelling the Bible. Show notes and commentary for this episode are posted at retellingthebible.wordpress.com. Come back next week for another great biblical story.